Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. To all my listeners, please go to thedifferentbook.com and pick up a copy of my new children's book, Different. 10% of every book sold goes directly to the cystic fibrosis charity, Emily's Entourage, which is searching for a cure for a unique mutation of the cystic fibrosis gene. I recommend Different to children ages five and up. Growing up as kids, we sometimes feel like we don't fit in with everyone else, whether it's our curly hair, a mole or freckle we don't like, being too tall or too short, the list goes on. Different teaches kids that we all have our thing and everyone is different, which means being different is normal. I'm very excited about this book and want to give as much as I can to Emily's Entourage, so please pick up a copy for your kids or grandkids or friends' kids and help me spread the word. Check out thedifferentbook.com for all the details. And if you haven't yet, please rate this podcast five stars and leave a review. It all really does help. to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah! Uh! Hope you're having a good day. Let's start the pod. to be back. I'm in Las Vegas all this week, 8 p.m. nightly at the LA Comedy Club inside the Stratosphere. So if you're in Las Vegas, Las Vegas area, been coming here for years, uh, come out to a show. My buddy Butch Bradley's at the 10 p.m. show. He's got a residency here. So if you live in Vegas and you can't catch my show, Butch is always here at 10. Um... Yeah, so before we get started, I'm really excited. My children's book, Different, is finally completely done. I sent it out to some people, made a couple edits, little changes here and there, and I'm finally completely happy with it, and it is for sale. Uh, like you heard, I'll probably put that pre-recording at the beginning. Um, go to thedifferentbook.com. If you have kids or know anybody that has kids, please do me a favor and help spread the word, because organic is the best way to spread the word. And rate five stars if you can on the podcast. really helps out. Okay, so I got Shuggy with me. Uh, my dog is in Vegas with me. So if there's some barking at any point, it's because he's not well trained. Um, I got a couple articles we're going to get into. Uh, before I get into that, fun show last night. I started last night, Monday. Great crowd for a Monday, I got to say. Vegas is... You know, Mondays and Tuesdays are sometimes pretty good. Wednesdays is sometimes weird. It's like, who's here on a Wednesday? You know what I mean? Locals, if they show up, that's cool. But, you know, a lot of people do an extended weekend in Vegas or they'll get cheaper flights, you know, do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, leave Wednesday. And then, of course, people come on the weekends to Vegas, you know, maybe take Thursday, Friday off. They come Thursday, Friday, Saturday, definitely Friday, Saturday. All right, so you get it. Anyways, um... Hopefully the shows continue to be great. Hopefully if you guys are listening, you live in Vegas, you come out. Um, before I get to these articles, okay. 
I was flying. I don't even know which where I was flying. It's all a big blur. And I was like coming from Barbados back to L.A. I don't know. Anyways, I get on a plane and I have status on some of the airlines because I fly so often and I get to pick my seats, right? I have a bad back. I have a bad left leg. I like the aisle seat. Sometimes I have to pee a lot because I drink a ton of water throughout the day. So I want, I want the aisle seat, right? I get on this plane. i would never seen anything like this. This couple gets on the plane. They're adults, okay? These are not kids. These are not, they're not even like 20. They're adults. Like they look like they're around my age, you know? Uh, so maybe late 20s, 30s, mid 30s. I couldn't tell. The guy looked like he was like, I feel like, the guy looked older than me. The girl, I don't know. So they they weren't sitting together, right? They were both in middle seats in different rows. And the girl was sitting next to me in a middle seat. And the guy was across the aisle, one row behind, right? So <laughs> I can't stand. This is what I can't stand. If you ever get a raw deal on a flight, you know, or not a raw deal, but you just, you're not sitting where you want or something. It's just like, that's it, okay? It's not the end of the world, it's one flight. It sucks. Uh, quick sidebar. I remember a long time ago, I was flying to Rhode Island, I think, from L.A. So I'm um, cross-country flight. This person goes, oh, hey, like, can I sit here? I don't know why. I moved from the aisle to the middle seat. I'm like, oh, okay. I just, like, didn't want to be rude, but I wasn't being rude if I would just kept my seat. And then I sat in a middle seat for six hours. Anyways, so I'm an idiot. But they then they get to their seats they're like kind of last to board obviously they probably i don't know if they booked like basic economy that's a thing that you can book now where you don't even get carry-ons and stuff and it's the, but the cheapest fare you don't get to pick your seat you're last to board whatever so the girl does this thing where she just like looks at her i don't know if it's her husband or boyfriend and she's just like this this sucks like they they were trying to do this Thing where they want I know what it was because I've, ha- I've had it happen before where they wanted someone to go oh hey do you guys want to sit together take my seat and I'm sitting there like fucking no way <laughs> like that is not happening this was a uh, I think this was my flight from Miami back home I think I'd already flown back to the states so anyways I'm just sitting there like oh if this girl asks if this girl asks you know, I'm just going to have to say no. But she didn't ask. But she was doing this weird thing. And I've had people ask before, like, oh, can we sit together? Which is pretty fucking rude. Come on. Who agrees with me, right? Emails in the show notes. Email me if you have an opinion on this. That's pretty rude, right? To ask somebody else to take a shittier seat just because you don't want a shitty seat? That's like the epitome of selfishness. Oh, I don't want my shitty seat. Will you do me a favor and you take the shitty seat? I mean, we're strangers and I'm never going to do anything for you, but I want you to do something for me right now. I want you to be uncomfortable for six hours. Give me a break. So then the girl, I this is the point. This is why I'm telling the story. I know right now you're probably like, okay, whatever. Who cares about the story? The girl just keeps looking back at her guy as if to let me know, oh, I'm so sad. Then I am not making this up. This woman has got to be minimum 25 maximum you know she's in her 30s starts crying starts crying in the seat next to me i'm guessing to just let everybody know how sad she is that she's not sitting with her boyfriend or husband or whoever that was 
wow and then i was looking at the guy like is this guy doing the same shit like is he pulling the same thing he wasn't he was just kind of like fucking <laughs> i'm gonna enjoy my six hours away from this psycho so anyways and after that she was kind of all right she was nice she was very polite when she wanted to get out she was like very apologetic maybe she'd never been on a plane or something she's like can i get out and i'm like yeah of course what am i gonna say no um all right then another rude person well this wasn't rude i guess just weird but i saw this rude guy people at the airport man just people when they want are just so about themselves in public and private i guess this guy is rolling this isn't even a long story he's rolling his roller bag and then there was like an opening but clearly there was this lady from the airline one of the airlines pushing somebody in a wheelchair and I don't know about you guys. I never was taught this in school. It's just kind of protocol. You see somebody in a wheelchair, you kind of give them the right away, right? Hey, you're unable to walk, whether you're paralyzed or just super old or whatever it is, you have some medical condition, you, you go ahead. I'll step to the side and you can go. <laughs> you know what I mean? This dipshit is just like blazing through with his roller bag tries to like squeeze through while and after i had already i was in front of him i stood to this like i stepped to the side like okay here you go and then he just kind of like tries to go through then his bag he hits the wheelchair right you would think at that point maybe he'd go oh excuse me oh sorry about that right you know what he did he turned to the person in the wheelchair and he's like you hit my bag um what dude like you're blaming the wheelchair the wheelchair is not at fault man you're being an asshole God. Anyways, I wish I remembered more about that. I wrote these down a while ago when they happened. I've not had a chance to sit down, but who hits a wheelchair and then blames the wheelchair? The wheelchair was moving slowly. This guy's moving fast and he hits it. Okay, you get it. You get what I'm saying. Let's get to these articles. Um, so I thought these were a couple of good articles. Let's start with this one. Six tips for Thanksgiving with a difficult family. Oh, okay. This is from Psychology Today, website I like to peruse sometimes. So how to navigate, ahem, challenging family dynamics this holiday season. This is written by Ellen Hendrickson, PhD. How to be yourself. <laughs> okay, November 19th. What is that, posted today? Yeah, it's today. Every holiday season, family get-togethers can be filled with drama, judgment, and barely concealed eye rolls. Do you guys think that? I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I disagree with a lot of people in my family about a lot of things, but I feel like at the holidays, I just kind of suck it up and sit there and don't say shit. Dude, are people really arguing? Maybe I will. Maybe this year, maybe we'll argue. That'd be fun. The turkey gets served with a side of passive-aggressive stink eye, and you lose track of the number of trips you need to count to 10 in the powder room. Well, this lady has a horrible family. Well, I've never seen the turkey being passed the stink eye in my family. Therefore, here are six tips for dealing with extended family on Thanksgiving, or any family gathering for that matter. Tip number one, search what you have in common. No shit, lady. Jeez, how hard is her family to deal with? This holiday season, a divided nation means divided families. Uncle Jack, watch. I think that's so funny that people pretend the nation was always together up until now. Wasn't the nation always divided? Wasn't there? I mean, obviously after like 9-11 and like during World War II, it sounds like I wasn't there. Obviously, it sounds like people, we have like a common goal as a nation. But other than that, everybody's, we're always divided. Everybody always disagrees on shit. Um, okay, this season, a divided nation means many divided families. 
Uncle Jack watches Hannity while Cousin Molly loves Colbert. I love how she compared an opinion news guy to a comedian who should just be funny. Stephen Colbert could just be like funny because he's a funny guy, but he chooses to be like super far to the left. That's funny that that's the comparison. She didn't say Maddow or something. If your family is a mix of never Trumpers and MAGA hat wearers, you may be biting your tongue extra hard over pumpkin pie. But there's more to life than politics. Oh, thanks for pointing that out, Ellen. Search what you have in common. Every family shares a common history, so start there. <laughs> you just, just, now I'm just picturing people in like MAGA hats and then the other side of the table, people wearing pussy hats, like hashtag not my president shirts. And then they're just all sitting there sad and mad. And then someone goes, so, uh, you know, we come from the old country. Let's, let's discuss that. <laughs> it's the only thing you have in common. Let's go back 200 years and discuss Ireland and old great, great, great grandpappy. All right. Funny childhood stories? How grandma met grandpa? Alternatively, take the opportunity to get to know each other better. Ask about each other's last travel adventure. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gibra. Ask about the last travel adventure. Hey, so, uncle who, who watches Uncle Jack, what was your last travel adventure? Well, I went to the fucking see best president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, at a rally, and it fucking gave me a boner. <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> what was your last travel adventure? Well, I went to the Women's March, and I sewed 37 pussy hats, <laughs> and, I sold, and I gave them away because capitalism is evil. <laughs> what is... What was your last travel adventure? All right, where am I, where am I in this article? I love this article. Um, I'll ask about the uh, last travel adventure or the best concert you've ever been to. Even with impeachment and a presidential campaign in full swing, we can all connect on values and activities that have nothing to do with politics. Well, wow, thank you so much. Tip number two, team up with a buddy. Seek out a like-minded relative, you'll find her desperately using her meditation app on the back porch, and agree to look out for one another. For example, rescue your cousin from getting cornered by Uncle Rick. After all, you really need help arranging the hors d'oeuvres. What does that even mean? Is Uncle, Uncle Rick is not Uncle Jack. Uncle Jack watches Hannity in this article. So Uncle Rick is, why is he cornering the cousin? Is it about politics still, or is this like a like a rape situation or a molestation. That sounds, I don't even know. Am I taking that wrong? That sounded weird. After all, you really need help arranging the hors d'oeuvres. In return, ask her to suddenly, urgently need your assistance when your sister tries to ask you for money. This lady's family sounds like a shit show if these are all the things coming up. Tip number three, engage in socially acceptable avoidance. I don't advocate this tactic in everyday life. But if it's just to get you through the holiday weekend, I'll cut you yards of slack. Socially acceptable ways to get out of the house to avoid family include volunteering at a community Thanksgiving for the less fortunate, running a turkey trot 5K, or even get starting, or even get starting on your holiday shopping, just to be sure to tell your family you're looking for presents for them. Hey guys, I don't want to hang out with you because I'm buying you so many fucking presents. <laughs> Sorry guys, I can't make it to Thanksgiving because I am busy shopping on a day when the stores are closed for you. If you do get stuck in the house, focus on judiciously avoiding the one or two people you know you'll have a hard time with. When Aunt Dottie sets her sights on you, see if folks in the kitchen need a hand. Offer to head out to the grocery store for forgotten ingredients, or round up a group for a brisk walk and get out of the house. <laughs> Aunt Dottie's like, 
hey, hey, and then you're like, hey, anybody else, do you want to go on a brisk walk? <laughs> and Dottie, I'd like to go on a brisk walk. Oh, fucking, I don't hear anything. Does anybody want to go on a brisk walk? I'd love a brisk walk. <laughs> and Dottie, uh, <laughs> okay, whatever, I got confused. Now I don't know what character I'm in. Uh, see if I can get you in your hand. Offer to head out to the grocery store. Do whatever works. Again, avoidance doesn't work in the long run, but used wisely can get you safe through until it's time for pie. Tip number four, skip or limit the booze. Oh, no way. You gotta, you gotta pound the booze and make some new memories when you're arguing with Uncle Rick and Aunt Dottie about Colbert and Hannity. A direct, a direct, though perhaps controversial method to curb bad behavior is not to serve alcohol or only to have a bottle or two of Cabernet on hand along with six or seven bottles of sparkling apple cider. You do run the run the risk of Uncle Milt heading off to Uncle Milt, Dottie and Milt. You do run the risk of Uncle Milt heading off to the liquor store for a 12-pack, but your message will be clear. Yeah, Uncle Milt, dude, he sounds like he has a drinking problem. Oh, what do we got? Two bottles of cab and some sparkling apple cider. I'll be back with some American Budweiser. <laughs> and I don't want anybody touching my 12-er. That's my fucking 12-pack, and you fucking keep your hands off of it. <laughs> Tip number five. If your family holds in the crazy for strangers, invite a friend along. Someone new... <laughs> hey, everybody. This is my new friend. It's just some homeless dude. <laughs> uh, don't be weird, because obviously we don't want to embarrass ourselves in front of my new friend. Someone new and uninitiated, a work colleague with family far away, or your friendly French neighbor who wants to try a real American Thanksgiving may improve your family's conduct. If your family errs on the side of good behavior when there's a stranger among them, this could be a win-win. Needless to say, if Uncle Richard would be, if Uncle Richard would pick a fight, even if the queen were coming, spare your friend the ordeal. Okay, this, before we get to tip number six, can I just say this article is written as if anyone reading it thinks their entire family is insane and wrong and weird, and they're, they're perfect. Which is so weird. Just from like, this is from Psychology Today. I'd like to ask this lady, just from a psychological perspective, does she not find it weird? She's writing this for everyone who's going to take it as if they're the normal one and everybody else is crazy and weird and inappropriate and crosses the line and you need protection from them, but they don't need protection from you because you're perfect. Very strange. All right. And finally, tip number six, plan a post-Thanksgiving night out or in with friends. Before Thanksgiving weekend, plan to get together with your friends for a day directly following the holiday. Consider it time to debrief. Tell all the crazy stories and shake your heads. He said what? Is <laughs> in parentheses. And shake your heads. He said what? That way you'll experience the Thanksgiving Day shenanigans not as a migraine in the making, but as fodder for your night out. All in all, remember most of us are in the same boat and approach the holidays with a sense of humor and a live and let live attitude. A wise person once defined, quote, dysfunctional family, end quote, as any family with more than one person in it. You may not be able to choose your family, but you can choose a shrewd strategy or two to keep you sane. With some practice, you and your extended family may even figure out how to explain your younger brother's James Charles-inspired winged eyeliner to grandma. Well, I got a lot of Googling to do. That is by Ellen Hendrickson, PhD, psychologist at Boston University Center for Anxiety and Related Disorders. She has a book, How to Be Yourself, Quiet Your Inner Critic, and Rise Above Social Anxiety. Ooh, I want to go talk to her on Twitter. I'm not going to close this one out. Um, let's see. 
Okay, let's do another couple articles. Disney Plus warns of outdated cultural depictions in some films. That's not enough, experts say. This is from the Washington Post. Disney's much-anticipated streaming service has tacked warnings onto the beginnings of some movies indicating that they might include racist or otherwise offensive elements, a move that experts say begins to address the problem but fails to go far enough. A message that airs before classic films including Dumbo and Peter Pan on Disney Plus says the movie is shown as it originally was made and, quote, may contain outdated cultural depictions, end quote. The decision to attach this message to some animated films was met with both praise from people who viewed it as an accountability measure, and criticism from those who thought its wording was dismissive. The mixed response, experts say, highlights the fact that Disney only has begun to take responsibility for the problematic representations. Quote, It really feels like a first step, said Michael Barron, a senior partner at the Illinois-based diversity and inclusion consulting firm Inquest Consulting. Quote, I think they could be so much more forceful in not only what they are saying in the warning, but also in what they're doing, end quote. Disney frequently has come under fire for characters that promote racist stereotypes. The Crows and Dumbo, released in 1941, encapsulate stereotypes of African Americans. One of the birds was named Jim Crow. Jeez, I kind of do remember the Crows and Dumbo being very, kind of like racist. In 1967's the Jungle Book, critics say the monkeys portray black people as foolish and criminal. Why are the monkeys black people, though? The churlish hyenas in The Lion King, released in 1994, could represent racial minorities who live on the wrong side of the tracks. Could. I guess they could. The list of movies with elements criticized as racist continues. Disney Plus's warning that elements of certain films may be, quote, outdated is in a a political and passive way of not acknowledging society's cultural dialogue about racism and diversity, and that some movies are bound to be criticized, said Shilpa Dave, a professor of media studies and American studies at the University of Virginia. Quote, they are accounting for the fact that, yes, this is the company that we once were, but we're moving in a new direction, Dave said. It's a safe way of saying they understand the moment in which their company exists and in which we are in now. Others have criticized Disney Plus for not being direct about what the content warnings are referring to, especially when compared with language used by Warner Brothers Entertainment before some of its Looney Tunes cartoons. Quote, the cartoons you are about to see are products of their time. The Warner Brothers disclaimer reads, they may depict some of the ethnic and racial prejudices that were commonplace in American society. These depictions were wrong then and are wrong today. Barron said, he would like to see Disney use more explicit language to acknowledge that a film includes biased depictions of a certain racial group and urge viewers to talk about those representations. Disney could include discussion questions online to accompany the movies, Baron said. That is, that's, that's a little too much. I don't mind a little disclaimer, hey, this is from like a different era, you know, some of whatever, I get that, but like you don't need to go so far that everyone needs to go and have discussion forums online and have questions. I think that's too much. Some films that reportedly do not contain warning notices, such as Aladdin, should have them added, Barron said. And the warning should also apply to films with problematic representations of gender and sexuality. Now, this is where I don't, this might be going off too much for me. Representatives for Disney did not respond to a request for comment on why the company decided to add content warnings and how their language was chosen. Walt Disney, who co-founded the Walt Disney Company with his brother Roy O. Disney, has been called racist and misogynistic, although his biographer and other supporters have disputed that representation. Didn't that guy, like, hate Jews? I think Walt Disney was anti-Semitic. Walt Disney's grandniece, the filmmaker Abigail Disney, said in 2014 that she agreed with the negative assessment of her great-uncle. Yeah. Anti-Semite? This is a quote. Anti-Semite? 
check. Misogynist, of course. Racist, come on. He made a film, Jungle Book, about how you, about how you should stay with your own kind at the height of the fight over segregation, Abigail Disney wrote on Facebook. She continues, as if the king of the jungle number wasn't proof enough, how much more information do you need? End quote. Thank you. The allegation, I told you this guy was anti-Semitic. The allegations that Walt Disney was racist may make executives at the company he found founded feel especially responsible for addressing the unsavory aspects of its movies, said Gail Wald, who chairs the American Studies Department at George Washington University and specializes in race and popular media. She said that the phrasing Disney chose is vague and that the company should be more explicit in its intended message. I see, I don't know. I feel like it's enough. Producing live-action versions of classic films has given Disney a chance to revise parts of movies that have been deemed insensitive. In the new live-action remake of Lady and the Tramp that debuted on Disney+, Plus, the Siamese cats that depict Asian stereotypes in the original movie are not portrayed as Siamese. I, but isn't that because Siamese cats are from Asia? They're Siamese. Dave, however, said live-action remakes still evoke the original films and changing the characters cannot fix the original movie's racism. This is a long art. Oh, here we go. Quote, instead, why don't you retell the story from an alternative point of view or create new stories with new people and new animals, she said. See, I don't like that because they are classic movies that have like certain, certain points to them. I guess the Jungle Book, I mean, according to Abigail Disney, was about segregation. I don't remember that. I remember the jung- I remember reading the Jungle Book. I don't even remember... I don't even remember watching The Jungle Book. I remember reading the book. Um, I remember booking The Jungle Book. You know what I mean? I read it. You don't read a book. The Jungle Book. Uh, should be called The Jungle Movie. What's the deal with The Jungle Book? It's a movie. You know what I mean? They call it The Jungle Book, yet I'm watching it in the theater. It's The Jungle Movie. <laughs> Finally, this article brought some sort of humor out of me. Uh, the experts praise the fact that Disney mostly did not keep racist movies off the streaming service or change them to remove the criticized elements. An exception was Song of the South, a 1946 film that takes place on a southern plantation during the Reconstruction era. Reconstruction era. The movie has been pr- roundly castigated for glorifying plantations and is not available on Disney+. Quote, generally, I tend to shy away from never look at that because I do worry that never looking at it is a way of forgetting, Wald said. Being confronted with the ugliness is necessary to understanding ourselves as Americans. End quote. End of article. I agree. You know what I mean? Things were a certain way. Uh, it's You can't just, you know, block it all out like it never happened. All right. I had one more article, but I'll get to that later. Uh, I'll throw more pods. I'm in Vegas, which is me and my dog. So I should have time to crank one out every day. So please... Uh, check out my book, thedifferentbook.com. It's available on Amazon. Or there's other ways to buy. Money goes to charity, uh, a lot of it. And uh, please rate this podcast five stars. I appreciate you guys. If you're in Vegas, come out to a show, Stratosphere, LA Comedy Club, 8 p.m. every night this week. Thank you for listening to my daddy.